Welcome to another episode of Invisible Disco Productions podcast, Writer's Block Party. We're hoping to share the work of emerging artists and break down the all-too-often mysticized process of creating and developing art. I'm Thea Thronson. And I'm Lauren Montez. And today we have a special guest. Her name is Gracie. Now, a little bit about her. Gracie Rittenberg is an actress, writer, and director living in Brooklyn. She's appeared in numerous theatrical productions, both live and virtual. She earned her BA in theater at Reed College and attended the Professional Conservatory at the Atlantic Acting School. Hashtag Atlantic Actors Work. While at Reed, she wrote a thesis about physical theater in absurdist plays and directed a production of The Lesson by Eugene Ionesco. She currently serves as literary manager for Bluebird Theater Company, which she co-founded. She started writing in high school, noticed her stories had too much dialogue. She has taken playwriting and screenwriting classes with the Gotham Writers Workshop. In her writing, she tries to make people laugh at things they wouldn't normally laugh at, about. She just finished an evening of virtual one acts with Bluebird and is currently working on submitting her first short film to festivals. She goes walking through Prospects Park and watching RuPaul's Drag Race with her twin. Hi, Gracie. Hi. Hi, Gracie. Hi to both of you. Thank you so much for having me. God, thank you. Thank you for coming on. I really so was. To have you. I really asked you about Ionesco's pronunciation, and yet I fully fucked up the word park. So <laughs> yeah, you that know. was awesome. I did. I did enjoy that. I was like, has she like never heard of Prospect Park? Like never What's been Prospect a- Park. I live Prospect in New York. Park. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, I live here. Okay. I, I get it. Let me give my exact address. For all <laughs> Please okay. do. Um, Gracie, what have you brought to share with us today? I um, I brought you a scene um, that I actually Good. just sort of wrote as an exercise in my playwriting class. and Or oh, maybe yeah. it was a homework assignment, I forget. But um, I just sort of enjoyed writing it. And when I was, and I was looking at my old exercises thinking of like, oh, what do I want to return to? And I thought I might return to this, so I thought, let's bring it, and maybe we can talk about it, and I'll see if I want to, <laughs> basically. Hell yeah. Oh yeah. Does it have a name? That's what we're here for. Um, no. Oh, God, I'm so bad at naming things. Yo, Doctor's same. Office. I don't know. Doctor's Office. Oh, love Amazing. it. Amazing. <laughs> we love that name. Thank you. That's the best name I've ever heard. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, so this is Doctor's Office recently titled by gracie um i'm reading for john i'm reading for janet and i'll read stage directions amazing yeah. we've never done that before though. <laughs> really i feel like i've done it every time oh really i've never no i have we blink twice he'll, he'll let us know yeah there's just a loud like interruption that just goes yes they've done it before <laughs> Uh, that's a very good impression that is good i I believe you yes they have done it before in fact they do it quite often also thank you for that incredible impression uh spot on lauren okay so now we're gonna do the same okay a doctor's waiting room it is just the office of a general physician john is sitting in a chair filling out his forms on a clipboard a woman janet walks in hi janet john Janet goes up to the receptionist and gets her forms to fill out. She sits two seats away from John. They spend a few awkward moments filling out their forms, looking up at different times. I didn't know you were still seeing Dr. Goldberg. Seems silly to switch doctors at this point. True. He knows us so well. What are you here for? Just a checkup. You? Me too. Are you going anywhere for Labor Day weekend? No, Tom and I have some things to finish up around the townhouse. Are you? Darlene and I are going to Miami. 
Miami. You're going to Miami. She has some friends with a condo. Miami's pretty focused on nightlife. Doesn't seem to be a good place for someone in your state. I'm really fine, Janet. I'm okay being around it. You know Darlene owns her own liquor store? Oh, great. You just opened in Williamsburg. She's doing really well. We've been hosting tastings, and I play with my band there. What? You're in a band? Just some guys I met in AA. Not really a band. We just, like, jamming together. Uh-uh. Janet looks down, filling out her form with more frustration. John gets a call. Hello? Hi, Claire. Oh, that's great. Okay, I think it's the right place. Are you still shopping with Darlene tomorrow? She can meet you earlier and take measurements. That's wonderful. Okay, sweetie, thanks for calling. I'm about to see the doctor. You too. Bye. John hangs up. Janet looks over at him and stares. That was Claire? Oh, yeah. Is she okay? Absolutely. She told you she signed a lease with Grant yesterday, right? Of course she did. I knew that. Darlene has her interior design certification, so she's going to take Claire shopping for some good pieces. I didn't realize they were so close. Oh, not really. Claire and Grant came to the tasting the other night and they got to talking. Darlene just wants to help out. Claire probably doesn't have a budget for someone of Darlene's special taste. Oh, no, no, no. Darlene just wants to help out. She never liked buying expensive pieces for clients, unless it was really worth the investment. Lately, she's just been doing it pro bono to help friends. They're gonna go look for some vintage pieces from sellers she knows. Did you just say vintage pieces? What's wrong with that? I just wouldn't expect to hear something like that from you. Seems like Darlene is introducing you to a lot of new things. She is. It's nice to learn about things that she's so passionate about. Anyway, when are you seeing Claire's new place? Probably this weekend, but Tom and I are busy, you know? We'll see if we can make it. Oh, of course. What does Tom do again? He's a lawyer. What law does he practice again? Corporate. Sounds interesting. It is. More silence, both of them are checking over their forms. When did Claire tell you about Grant? Not long ago. Just after she started talking to me again. Right. You like him? He's a nice young man. I do wish he had more career stability. He's a kid. He's got time. I didn't figure out anything of- Dr. Goldberg enters from his office. The Thompsons! I haven't seen you together in years. Did you mean to come together? Hi, Dr. Goldberg. No, just a coincidence. And you know I'm a smith now. Right. How could I forget? Well, I'm uh, supposed to see John first. Are you ready? Yep. Nice to see you, Janet. You too. Dr. Goldberg and John exit. Janet sits alone, staring into space. The end. Yes. <laughs> wow. Mm, excellently named. I really I cannot na- say words today. That's, I don't know what that was. I was wondering so if I you were going to do it again. That's why I, I thought about it. Do- no, I know. I thought about doing it, and then I was like, we're here Mar- now. Like, nothing it's to be done. done. That was lovely. That was Thank juicy. You. It was juicy. It was so juicy. It was somewhere between a sketch and and a play scene. Do you know what I mean? Just in the like true like full tension that it <laughs> right, was right. yeah there was like so funny but it was like too real to just be a sketch i loved it loved yeah it. so where did that piece come from um her mind yes my uh, my beautiful mind that is beautiful so full mind. of very smart words um <laughs> <laughs> no i think um i think the the prompt for so, like, the, the, part of why I'm such a big proponent of, like, 
everyone should take a playwriting class even if like you think or a screenwriting class or anything even if you think you're like really good like the way the prompts they give you are just so great you know so I think the prompt was like write a scene with two characters who have a history together and it Mm -hmm. like didn't and so then that came out and you know other people wrote different things but I felt you know I, I I think I was sort of thinking about um you know when people leave your life kind of and they start to like do things that you would always wish they would without Mm -hmm. you pushing them um and yeah so obvious I mean they never said it but I think you can obviously tell that they were divorced um and yes Yeah, and and, obviously do. and and also the uh, I think part of the this might have been in the prompt, but like they never say what their history is, right? And right. that's that's kind of the point of that's much more of a playwriting thing than any other type of writing is. You're just sort of supposed to figure out what's going on because you have the actors right. on stage, um, yeah. and you know, and I think it's just thinking about like relationships and how we think we might leave for something better but then it's not everything you thought it would be and then all that and I also just like think I think the idea of like uh dad type people like getting really into like bands or like I just think that's funny so yeah yeah yeah. I will say I loved the number of things you were able to put in without like directly expositing them was really <laughs> really refreshing. Like the AA thing, like it what it wasn't like, ah, my ex-husband, you're a drunk. It was like it like <laughs> happened really naturally, which I've uh it's it's always always nice to to read stuff like that as an actor um mm. as opposed to like I feel like TV just doesn't have time to like trust the audience <laughs> so they have to just like say every single thing as yeah. soon as it becomes relevant um but I thought you did a really really lovely job <laughs> with just being like uh people speaking to one another yeah yeah it was like everyone said the amount of exposition that people say in real life right yeah and, and like people who have a history with one another too yeah. specifically like that that was a really a really well done part of it which is lovely Thank you. Yeah, I mean, I think it's like, I, you know, one of my, when I'm sitting down to write, I'm, I am just like, how do people really talk? And, and I try to think of, and I, I am such a bad eavesdropper, like, sorry to any people. And I also like do it with my fam, like my whole family does it too. So like, actually me and my twin, like if we hear a conversation, sometimes we're like, did you hear them? Like, what do you think? <laughs> yeah, of course I did. Um, <laughs> That's actually been the saddest thing about the uh, pandemic. Yeah. I really miss eavesdropping <laughs> people. I that, that is that. that is the saddest thing. Nothing sad. The yes. only that's the worst. Only sad thing. It's the worst part of it really. for sure. But yeah, you know when you're like the if you eavesdrop on a co- even if you just eavesdrop on one conversation in like a coffee shop or at a restaurant or something, you you hear much more effectively how information is revealed because people do reveal things and 
reveal information when they're talking to you or like a person they've known for a long time. They just don't come out and be like, well, because we've been best friends for five years, Trent, you know? (laughs) Um, And it's so fun for that, that, that relationship is so fun. Like listening to people who know each other talk about something that they're both brought up to date on, but you're not. Yeah. And seeing how much you can figure out and then trying to put that in writing is always very fun for me. I think that's a fun Mm -hmm. So you're in a playwriting class right now, Gracie? No, I took, uh, this was from like a few months ago. Gotcha. But, uh, yeah. Um, I think I want to take, an, I might take a, another one, but I also just like, I think what's good about the class is that, that just to get into like my process as a writer, like I, I don't really do it unless I have to do it for something. And, but what's great is like I have a theater company and I know you guys and you're a theater company (laughs) and I can create situations for myself where I have deadlines so Mm -hmm. that's like a little bit of my because I writing is hard and the only thing the worst thing about it is that you just have to do it right 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 (laughs) like it doesn't Um, get done without without you actually sitting down and the worst part is is you could do it all of the times. Yeah. You know, you don't have to wait on anyone else. You could do it right now. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's a daunting. <laughs> like, it's so horrible. <laughs> yeah. And so it's hard to, like, um, but, you know, if you give yourself a thing like, oh, I, I want to submit to this festival or, like, I was looking into, uh, like play contests and I was like okay if I have a deadline I will write something but I just have to and so having the fight you have to find deadlines for yourself too because if you can't pay for a class you can't pay for a class like that's not um so I've also been trying to like find writers who want to be in a writing group and stuff Mm -hmm. like you really have to create a community because writing is really lonely also yeah (laughs) um but yeah, so I the playwriting class at Gotham Writers Workshop, I took I recommend it like very highly. It worked very well over Zoom and mm. they even do online classes like non-pandemic times um cuz they know like a lot of people in New York are very busy. So like um, That's very cool. Yeah. Um but and I I think I took my first playwriting class when I was in high school yeah it was my senior year of high school and I took it as like an English elective mm-hmm. and it just like I'd been writing for a couple of years and like you know we had an assignment to come in second day of class with a scene and we read all the scenes out loud and it just like clicked I don't even know like I'd never found something so easy to write mm-hmm. and you know I was like oh I don't even have to write description like, I can't. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's just this. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I, when I was in high school, we did have assignments like, oh, you have to write, like, short stories or personal essays and stuff. And I just, I like doing it, but I definitely always found it. I was like, something's not right. Like, I'm not in the right form. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Totally. Um, so when I found playwriting, it was just, like, great. <laughs> That's awesome. So when you think of an idea for a story... This is sort of a two-part question that might or might not be related. Um, do you, f- firstly, do you always think of it in the form of a play? Or, like, is there another one? And then, secondly, that sounded weird when I said it, but it is a word. 
Yes. <laughs> when you have an idea, like, walk us through the process of you, like, getting an idea, putting it on the page, and, like, where it goes, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, I think when I get an idea, I sort of always imagine it on a play, on a, on a stage, like, as a play. Um, cause I always want it to be, I have had a couple of ideas that I've thought, oh, this could be a TV show, but, um, so I did also take a screenwriting class with Gotham Writers Workshop and I found it so hard. Like it just wasn't the way that I wrote. It wasn't like gelling and, um, the teacher was like super supportive, but it was just like, and, and with screenwriting, especially when you're writing like a full length feature you have to do so much more story planning before you even like start writing um or you should (laughs) you want to do a good job yeah like if you don't want to rewrite it 50 times um but uh so and that's just really that's really not how I work like I just want to like sit down and like write and see where it takes me um yeah so that's why I think plays kind of do better for me because scenes and plays are just longer so you can kind of write yourself to where you need to get and then you can go back and edit and make it shorter and snappier right but um that like this scene we read is five pages that's like kind of even that's even short for a play scene you know um so yeah and so that's what is difficult with and then with screenwriting like you have to start after the scene's begun and then you kind of want to end it before the scene ends because you got to keep it moving and you also have to create intrigue because you want people to keep watching a a movie whereas like in a play you're just kind of stuck in your seat or stuck at your computer like we've been doing right 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 um so yeah and I think I did used to have ideas for like short stories and stuff but not so much anymore I've definitely never had an idea for a novel I'll say that. <laughs> um, That's fair. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> um, but uh, so the second part of your question was, how do I, how did the idea? How do you get an idea and then idea. how do you make it happen? Right. Okay. What is the essence um, of writing? What is the essence of writing? How do you write? No. Yeah. But also like, I feel like part of that is also um, when you have an idea, like how does it come to you? Right. Um. I think, like, so uh, for the one act that we did just a few weeks ago with Bluebird, I basically just, like, knew that I had to have an idea by a deadline. I was the producer, and I made the deadline, so I was like, okay. Um, That's amazing. So then the day before, I was, I basically told myself, I wrote in my planner, I was like, you have to have an idea by this day. And then I think the day before, I just, like, turned to my twin... My twin sister is also my roommate, so... Um, I Yeah, it's great. I had other roommates, and I was just like, nah. I'm just saying I turned to her, and I was like, I am going to take a walk, and by the time I get back, I need to have an idea. Um, and then I just... And I think that, that the combination of, like, being like, okay, you get an hour where you get to do something you like, which is taking a walk. Because I, I love walking around my neighborhood and going to the park and stuff because I live right by Prospect Park. Prospects. <laughs> Pros- <laughs> Pros- um, Porspec Pork, I think. <laughs> um, yeah. And um, 
so then I just started being like, so I knew that like the one act had to be comedy. And then I thought, okay, what have I, and I've been watching a, like, and I think I had like just watched like some episodes of Buffy and I was like, okay, I'm sort of interested in doing something supernatural. And then I was like, okay, uh, maybe I'll think about doing something with vampires. And then, so I just went there and then I kept thinking, and then I knew which actors I had for the one act. So I knew who I was writing for. And I was like, okay, well, maybe if I do this with Georgia and this with Nino. So that was helpful because I thought, okay, I want to do something supernatural because I like writing supernatural things. And like, it's kind of, what's funny about Zoom is that it limits, Zoom theater is that it limits your possibilities, but also kind of broadens them. Because right. you like can People just kind of, a little more. Yeah, like, you can't really build a set, or you can have a virtual background, so, like... Right. Um, uh, so, I think because of that, like, I was like, okay, I know what I'm interested in, these are the actors I have, what's a funny dynamic for us to do? And then I kind of ended on this, like, thing where I played a vampire, and then the other two actors were my familiars, and I was deciding which one to kill. Because um, I knew it was, sure. like, supposed to be funny. Right. Um, and murder's always funny. Oh, my exactly. God. Exactly. Always. Classic <laughs> comedy. <laughs> I'm not coming off well. It's fine. Um, uh, but, yeah, so, that, like, I think it was just, like, I created, so I'm trying to distill it to, like, give you writing steps. I, I told myself I had to come in up with an idea while I was doing something, like, meditative that I enjoy. And then I connect, I just like connected dots of the information that I knew that I had. Um, and I think another idea, something, a play that I finished last year is I wrote um, a modern gender pen adaptation of Hamlet. Um, and I actually had that idea when I was 20. <laughs> um, and I didn't write it till I was 26. So like... Love that. I just knew that it wasn't... It was just bubbling for right. six years. And yeah. I, I often thought about it, but I just couldn't, like, get to it until then. And then, you know, honestly, it was because I was, like, sitting alone in my apartment a lot last year, and I thought, well, yep. might as well. <laughs> what better time? Yeah, and then the easy... The thing that's kind of fun about writing adaptations is that I just kind of... I wrote a pretty straight adaptation, like, I went scene by scene, kind of, and yeah. I was like, do I want to write this scene, do I want to write this, and so it was much easier, because I could be like, I'm gonna adapt this scene today, and then I, and then maybe, like, I'll get to a scene I'm excited about, right? and I'll, like, yeah. then I'll be excited to write, because, like, oh, it's the player's scene, or whatever, right, um, yeah, yeah, but, yeah, so I think it's also, like, it, like, you need to find a way to create a structure for yourself, because there always is one. Like, you know, it's so hard to just be like, oh, I need an idea, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, so if you can be like, oh, what am, I, what am I interested in lately? And what kind of form do I want to put it in? Then I yeah. think you can get more. Because once you start giving yourself, like, restrictions then you will actually get more creative. Yeah. You know? 
totally. For sure. Yeah. And playwriting is so free. Mm-hmm. Well, it's so, yeah, it can be so vague. Um, mm-hmm. Do you often write on actors? Right, like for specific actors? Yeah, like, ha- like know who you're going to, like you're talking about with the most, the one act um, yeah. that you were talking about? Um, I guess I, I have more lately and... I actually, yeah, I think I do, because I remember I wrote this play when I was at Reed in college, and um, I just, like, I, I wrote, it was, like, a a guy comes home from a date, and, like, his uh, animals, like, just start talking. He has a cat and a dog, and they start talking to him, and he gets confused, and I, like, imagined my friend in it, and then, like, at the end of the semester when we read them out loud he played it (laughs) and so um but I and like he would have but I didn't even say like oh I'm writing this for you I just kind of like imagined him and I think that made the and then I heard someone else read it and they were still great and so I think when you write sort of with a specific actor in mind you actually kind of make the character better right because you sort of know who you're talking about and so with the um, piece that actually that you guys did like the Russian spy one that kind of went through a lot of rewrites because I had three actors do it with Bluebird and we read the first draft of the script and they just had so much to say about it and I rewrote a lot of it and then it was more tailored like to them and their voices but then when you guys did it it was all all it was still so funny and like still exactly what I was going for so yeah. I think that, like, writing for specific actors can kind of seem like a, oh, playwrights, like, don't want to hear new actors or whatever, but I do think you kind of end up with better material, you know? Yeah, you tailor it more specifically. And because uh, then the characters, like, come more alive, because right. you can imagine them. And maybe yeah, it's right. just, yeah, and so, like, sometimes, you, and you can achieve that just by, like, thinking about someone you know when you're writing. I know in, in, like, the... Hamlet adaptation I wrote there's like a couple people or a couple characters that I was writing them and I just like imagined these people that I I don't even know very well but then it made it more fun for me to write them yeah yeah so, yeah because yeah. then you can imagine things about them mm-hmm. and it becomes like for me when I when I know who I'm writing for or like just just editing once something's been cast it it just mm. gets so much more specific for me and maybe that's because yeah. I haven't written very much and maybe that'll get easier but um it's so easy to like fall into cliche even if your situation isn't cliche when you're writing dialogue for me it's so easy to fall into cliche yeah and then once you have human people speaking it's like whoa you as a person would never say that (laughs) i can just change it to what you would say right yeah yeah and i also like um when i read my own stuff out loud i change the lines like as i read it like and like, when I write stuff for myself, I just change the lines as I'm saying it, as I start to, like, get to know the character a little bit more, um, which I'm sure stage managers would hate. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sorry, stage, stage managers. managers. Yeah. <laughs> but that's also, that's a very, like, filmic thing, too. Like, I think every, um, what's funny is that at Atlantic, they they drilled it into us so hard, like, you have to be off book like before you even show up to rehearsal and and I think there's a lot of merit to that but um since I graduated every films that I've ever been on they like improv a ton 
Mm-hmm. Like they don't. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, yeah. Like I was, I was AD on a web series, and the woman who was directing it also wrote it. Um, Erin Buckley. The series is called Platonic. She's amazing. Um, but uh, check she, it out. Yeah, check it out. <laughs> PlatonicSeries.com. Yeah. Um, but she, uh, I just had so much fun watching her on set because, like, she wrote the series. And she would just tell the actors that she was directing them to, like, she was like, don't worry about it. Just, like, you know, speak from, like, improv. What's going on? Like, what's going on between the characters? Because she was, like, especially in film, the relationship of, like, the visuals and the emotion is so much more important. Um, Whereas with plays, it, I think sometimes the language does matter a little bit more because that's telling more of the story. But, yeah. I, I get what you mean about, like, having a hard time, like, not being cliché. Um, but that's also, I think that comes from, like, the burden of knowledge as, like, like, the three of us together went to, like, a combined, like, 15 years of theater school, maybe. So, like. (laughs) So, it's, like, anything we write, we're, like, well. Yeah. That's that's already been said. (laughs) Exactly. And, like, it has, but not by you. Exactly. (laughs) And that is the tagline for this episode. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) um you kind of touched on this a bit earlier with um hamlet and stuff but do you have inspirations for your art yeah um (laughs) that was the stupidest everyone has inspiration nope who are your (laughs) (laughs) i mean i'd like to think that like no one has ever done what i've done Um, no inspiration. Yeah, I live back I actually don't think anyone's ever even heard of Hamlet or played Hamlet. So like, I actually discovered it. Yeah, no, it's this, it's this really underground playwright. Um, I th- I'm trying to think of. So yeah, so I grew up in New York City, so I definitely I like saw a lot of plays growing up, um, and I think like the first. Like, uh, Waiting for Godot by Samuel Beckett. I remember I saw that when I was 15, and I was just like, <gasps> I, I just didn't know that's what theater could be like, you know? I didn't, because I'd seen yeah. a lot of Broadway shows and musicals and stuff like that. Um, so that's a, I, I say it's an inspiration, but I don't really write absurdism very well, you know? <laughs> or, I mean, that's fair enough, though. Yeah. Like, there's it's different kinds of inspirations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I also love uh, Tom Stoppard. I think he's great. Um, and I think he, like, the way that he, like, integrates, like, really, like, crazy stuff, like history, mathematics, philosophy, into, like, all his plays um, is really fun. I love Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. So, yeah, I mean, obviously that's an inspiration because, like, I wrote an adaptation of Hamlet. <laughs> um, but, and now I'm trying to... And uh, Ionesco, I think, is my favorite um, absurdist writer. And I think, like, he, I feel like he always gets more relevant because all of his plays were about, like, how, like, fascists, like, take language away from you and make it mean nothing and use it to justify evils. And I'm like, yo, hmm. you read thing of you to say. <laughs> read the news lately. This, this guy might have been on to something. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but uh, in terms of the, 
No, I always feel bad because those are those are the first two that I say, and they're always men. And so, in terms of like female playwrights, I love Carol Churchill. Um, fucking life. Yeah, I mean she's great. Uh, mm. uh, have a, uh, Tanya Barfield is a wonderful playwright, um, and uh, I really like Mike Liu actually too. Um, those are a couple I. I met both of them when I was, like, working at the Eugene O'Neill Theater Center as an intern. Um, That's fun. Yeah, they were very nice. Um, Love that. We like nice people. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Mike Lou also, it's very cool. He he helps, he runs this theater company called the Mai Theater Company, and they just uh, put out, like, a micro-grant to uh, artists and playwrights, like, $500 $500 or something, which is a lot for, you know, playwrights. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, yeah, so a lot of that. I also, like, I, I, it's it's a weird thing to say, but I do love Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I know there's a lot of, like, news around that lately, but I think what I'm, Buffy. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think what I find inspiring about it is, like, how snappy it is, but and how funny it is Well managing to like really tug at your heartstrings and make you really feel the stakes of what's going on while also like you know keeping it light a lot of the time mm-hmm. that show is so cheesy yeah but like definitely cried during some yeah. episodes you know what i mean yeah yeah no I've, I've i've watched it multiple times i have my episodes i cry every time i watch them you know yeah yeah, um, yeah. absolutely yeah absolutely um those are some inspirations. Yeah. <laughs> love it. Love, love. So, I love hearing people's inspirations because it's like, I don't know. Sometimes it's like, ah, oh, yes, that's why you you are the way that you are. But other times <laughs> okay, it's just literally, like, I, don't I remember know. so strongly having this like terrifying teacher. Um, it was Anya, and she asked us for inspirations and like everyone else has like like who are actors you want to be like and like everyone else is like I want to be like. Um, you know, Meryl Streep, Rosamund Pike, like, these, like, pretty, like, intense actors, and I was, like, really, like, um, Amy Poehler and Heath Ledger, (laughs) and she was, like, and it's crazy how you embody both, and this was, like, first day, I was, like, what the fuck, and then, and then she was, like, so when we think of great actors, like, Meryl Streep or Amy Poehler, I was, like, I really don't think she thought she was going to say that sentence today. Like, what the fuck? Um, I I think on the second day of Chekhov class with Anya, she had us read out, like, our favorite passage from all the Chekhov plays. And I read this... Oh my god. Um, I read this passage from Ivanov where basically Ivanov is just going, I hate my life, I hate everything, women suck, and I just thought it was funny, and then I read it, and Anya looks at me, she goes, so that was your favorite passage in all of that? <laughs> and I was like, ah! and You're like, no, I'm doing The answer is no. Yeah. <laughs> she thought it was like funny I think then she like learned stuff about I think she learned about me what she wanted to know about me um yeah 
But everyone else read these, like, from three sisters. Like, oh, my God, I'm longing for things. Because, you know, Chekhov is, they're always like, I'm longing for something. Like, oh, are you? Yeah. (laughs) I read a passage about someone crying (laughs) because a cupboard, like, they had to give up a cupboard. And I was like, I think it's hilarious. I think this is peak comedy and drama all wrapped into one. Yeah. And she was like, okay. But, yeah, everyone else is saying these, like, I love, like, I am a seagull, like, type monologues and I'm like the cupboard no (laughs) (laughs) okay I'm glad I'm not the only one who had that experience because also that was the other like with Chekhov Chekhov is the funniest because it's supposed to be funny but like no one really finds it funny and then like the whole class you're in everyone's just like sobbing every day especially Tish freshman it's like I couldn't be less informed about this and more angsty. Yeah. I just couldn't be if I tried. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. Um, I believe we're, we're coming close, <laughs> close to the ending here. Sure. Well, we haven't asked so we, the, the question. I was getting... Hey. I was. I thought on. you were going to say, well, <laughs> thank you so well, much. Well, it's over <laughs> on our podcast called Writer's Thought Party. Um, it's like... I was gonna say, for our final question. Okay, good. Do you want to say it, Theo? No, you get it. Should we say it at the same we time? We did that last time and it didn't work at all. It went so bad. <laughs> oh, can you do that? I wanna, I wanna see yeah, how it yeah. goes. You ready? Yeah. We got it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. okay. What, what do you do, do if? I <laughs> <laughs> fucked up the same word. Because I'm reading the script. What are these scripts? I just. <laughs> you, you have, have writer's block. block. <laughs> what do you do if you have writer's block? It goes in the back. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so, uh, I feel like I've been having a little writer's block lately. Um, and I was talking to um, a friend slash mentor about it uh a sidine she's a director in portland she's amazing um and she said that uh they're like jose rivera who's actually also a great playwright who's inspired me um has a has like a list of like you know rules of writing or things and one of them is trust your writer's block it is preventing you from writing a bad play and I was like, that's amazing. Oh my God. And I fit, you know, I wish that I could say that I had thought of something that smart, but like there are times when you do just have to sit down and like force yourself to do it and you will get in a groove. Um, so like it, it does take a, I think a lot of self-knowledge, but also like it's okay to not be constantly writing because you have to also be absorbing the world. Cause like, you know, if like the job of the actor is to like hold the mirror up to humanity, <laughs> um, like the There's writer is humanity. Yeah. Up. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, so like, you know, if you're an actor, like you do occasionally have to like talk to people. Um, <laughs> Unfortunately, who, for us who all. aren't actors, <laughs> that's what that's one of my big 
things I say. Uh, but I think for writing, you really do have to, like, you're an observer, and you have to listen. And, like, if you have writer's block, then maybe you just, like, haven't done enough observing and listening, mm-hmm. you know? So, like, if it's, you know, try go on a walk and go see people go look at people and go look at what they're doing and maybe uh like go watch go like watch a conversation that you can't hear and try to think what they're saying you know like you you just really need to engage with the world because I think writer's block is also like you've been by yourself for too long (laughs) (laughs) which is it's really really hard for all of us right now um even though like people are getting vaccinated and stuff is changing like the uh it's not it's not a bad thing if you like couldn't write when you like weren't able to see anyone (laughs) right Um, right no for real yeah and And I feel like that was tough sorry you go no this only worked one time and I don't generally advocate for this but I had really bad writer's block and I had a deadline and then I made a drink I had one sip and then I knew what I wanted to write that's crazy. So one sip. Scott Gerald who? Literally. What were you going to say, Thea? I was just going to say, I, I feel like it was really easy for, like, people, writers, I was I was talking to at the beginning of, of like, quarantine and, and when we were all kind of relegated to our spaces for the first time, uh, everyone was like, but it's, like, the perfect time to, like, do the project I've been putting off. And I was like, yeah, it is. And unfortunately, I have no thoughts because it's these four walls. And it's so easy to, like, get caught up in that right now, specifically. But yeah. things are changing, maybe. Wear yeah, exactly. Like, there's, yeah, wear your masks. Like, don't lick subway poles. Um, Please, but, <laughs> but especially, yeah. like, you know... We all live in New York City, and, like, the reason we live here is because we, like, see people and, like, experiences all the time, and, uh, like, you see stuff in New York that you don't really see anywhere else, <laughs> and, yep. Um, yep. <laughs> like, last week I saw, like, I saw a guy rolling a blunt on the subway at 11 a.m. What's his yeah. story? <laughs> How you doing? How you doing, guy? <laughs> um, I don't, but, uh, yeah, so that was def like... For, like, isolating yourself in a room is never gonna get you the type of material that I think you want. Like, I think, yes, there is a point where, like, if you have a deadline and it's the next morning or it's in a week, (laughs) yeah, like, see if you can get to, like, a secluded cabin or whatever, just, like, free yourself of distractions, but... It's, like, it's a, you need, it's a balance, right? You can't just... It, I, you can't just be constantly writing. <laughs> right, because yeah. what would you write about? Like, yeah. unless you're just constantly editing, which I guess yeah. there are people who do that. But I also found that, like, so the quarantine starts, right, and they're like, oh, put on that writing project you've been putting off. and But then, like, I see a lot of, like, tweets and stuff that say, like, hey, no one wants to, like, read your screenplay about the COVID pandemic. And I, I understand what they're talking about, but I find that frustrating because, like, what else? We don't have anything else to talk about. Right. <laughs> right. You know? yeah. uh, so it's not like I just want to watch a bunch of movies about COVID, but, like, 
I, I feel really bad when I see those and that are like putting restrictions on what people can write about. And I think people will write about this time without necessarily writing about COVID. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I because agree. I feel like one of the like insane things that's happening right now is that we're all collectively living through something weird and abnormal, which yeah. is not like never, never the case. Um, and so the, the stories that could come out of this are going to be so narratively different because everyone's like still trying to live their individual life in this collective, like, like, moment, it's gonna be different. Yeah, it's like, okay, obviously these things are different, but just the cultural, there's, think about how many World War II movies there are. Yeah. Like, (laughs) because there's always another story to be told, because it just affected so many people, and it was just unlike anything else. I'm not saying those things are the same. All I am saying, <laughs> they are. They are very different. All I'm saying is just like the level at which it's affecting people and the stories that are gonna happen and like the sort of uniqueness of it is unmatched until now. Yeah, yeah. And that's not to say like it's not like that's gonna be the only stuff coming out for the next ten years. Like if you don't want to yeah. consume that type of art don't <laughs> like go off that's true yeah exactly because that that's why like i mean that was another thing that i was so upsetting and frustrating to me is that like people would be like oh like quarantine starts and what is it everyone's watching movies reading books listening to music listening to doing anything to you know tune out distract yeah distract themselves and now like there's still the attitude of like but give me my content the way I want it. Like, there's right. still, like, no real support yeah. for artists. and Yeah. And, like, there's no real, like... And, you Validation. know... It, yeah, and I think also what's really sad to me is that this is such a hard... The arts is just, like, such a hard business to be in anyway. And right. now, yeah. like... And, you know, there will... There have been a lot of people who just, like, had to step back from it or, like, had to move out of New York City because it was too expensive. And, like, I I miss... I want their stories, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But, like, we just need, like, more public funding and, like, arts... An arts career needs to be more, like, viable. Yeah. Like, or else we're just, like, going to have the same stories all the time. Exactly. Like... (laughs) Yep. Mm Mm-hmm. Sorry, getting on my little, like, political soapbox. Arts needs to be less classist. Like, no, we believe that art should be more classist here. Oh, okay, interesting. (laughs) Well, I Mm -hmm. guess, I guess that's the NYU position. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I don't want to insult anyone. No, we're going to insult you. Um, it's so this is real. This block party where we insult people. <laughs> Exclusively. Exclusively. It's an insulting podcast. Just insults. Yeah. yeah. It is, uh, it is pretty, pretty disheartening. Because uh, mm-hmm. to, to, at the beginning, I was seeing a lot of, a lot of, like you were saying, posts about like, hey, if you read a book today or watched a TV show or listened to music, like, yeah. think about that next time you're like insulting the artist in your life and just kind of decreased the longer we've gone but like theoretically exponentially more content has been being consumed so yeah uh 
and yeah, uh, and we also like you know once we can like do plays outside again and stuff like they're gonna flood totally. to us it's fine we know it's fine <laughs> but we're we still a little mad yeah <laughs> we will take your money <laughs> we will take oh please we will please we will um, yes. give us your money yeah Gracie, do you have any anything you want to plug for our listeners here? Um, uh, I think if you want to like see what I'm up to, uh, you can follow my theater company on Instagram, Bluebird Theater Co. Oh, yeah. I think it's theater with an R E. Um, but I can send you guys and and so that's Instagram and we have a Twitter. We also have a TikTok. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, as, as, um, a geriatric 27 year old, I don't understand TikTok, but <laughs> I try, but, but you can, yeah. listeners. you can, you can. and then, um, you can follow me on Twitter at, uh, Gracie Ritt, uh, R-I-T-T, uh, where I like to, uh, make jokes about my cat and, uh, politics, um, the two things yeah. that matter. And uh, my website, uh, GracieRittenberg.com, might have some updates someday. I don't know. <laughs> we don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, there will be some mm. announcements from Bluebird coming soon, but Exciting. we'll see. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thank awesome. you, guys. Thank you so Thank much you. for having me. Yes, of course. No, it was so fun. Mm-hmm. We're so glad we could get you with your busy schedule. Oh, <laughs> we got short films that we're making so if you listeners if you want to fund it uh i don't know the name of the fund is it on your it's on indiegogo it's on your instagram it's it's it is on our our instagram Instagram. it's on our website i'll probably put it on our twitter great yeah um it's called the invisible disco productions film campaign i believe uh that sounds like it we are, I think I checked today, we're like 25% of the way to our goal. There's a little over a month left. Uh, get in there. Awesome. Get in while it's hot, Get in guys. on the ground floor. I, um, guys, I'm going to donate too, so be like me. Uh, be yeah. like Gracie. Yeah. Obviously, like she has her shit together. <laughs> <laughs> ah, who told you that? <laughs> uh, uh, if you like this podcast, you can leave a review or like it or whatever. Yes, rate and review on iTunes. on iTunes. It helps us get more listeners. So that we don't bother you as much. Um, exactly, right. so less of the weight of our success is on your shoulders. It's on you. Yes. You individually. <laughs> um, with that, we say goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. Thanks, y'all. Writer's Block Party was created by Invisible Disco Production. It's produced by Amelia Annan, Denise Blatt, Lauren Montez, Thea Thronson, Colleen Annan, Jess Thronson, and Jim Keen. And is edited by Noah Friend. If you enjoyed this, check us out at IDP Presents WBP on Twitter and at Invisible Disco Productions on Instagram and Patreon. Thanks, and have a great week.